Howdy dream, cowboys. Welcome back. It's the Westworld Podcast. Today, we're catching up on two episodes. Season 4, episode 3, Anifo, and then season 4, episode 4, Generation Loss. Two things I pronounced correctly. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And I wish you pronounced Generation Loss also with a French accent. Yeah, I'm not going to. But you could. Uh, next time. I'll, no. I'll, at the top of the next show, I promise I will. <laughs> generation loss? Do yeah, generation yeah, loss? Yeah, I will. In, in a French accent. I bet you will. You guys can hold me to that. So, Ryan was on vacation last week. That's true. He definitely was not part of a secret jury for a high-profile murder case. Right? Yeah, and no. Because we couldn't say that on the show if it were true. I was in Florida with my family. How dare you? And the verdict came back guilty. Negative. Wait, what? <laughs> so, we I just watched both these episodes today. And when I asked you about them yesterday, you said that episode four was terrible and you couldn't remember anything about episode three. Yeah, I had to look up the summary for episode three. And then you said to me today that you fell asleep during the last 20 minutes of episode four. So we together watched them. I think we skipped over... A, uh, a part that needs to be made very clear where like the long lost Star Wars episode that you can guys go back and listen to we're sitting across from each other right now yeah but don't tell Adam we're gonna play a prank on him tomorrow he doesn't listen to this podcast I don't think so no he doesn't watch Westworld so he has no reason to listen yeah, so if, if this is the this... one episode he's listening to right. so stupid if you're in our discord don't tell Adam I'm right gonna we're gonna he, surprise it yeah keep this to yourselves to be fair i don't no one in the discord patreon.com slash hbo boys by the way be a part of that discord for one or more dollar a month they don't talk about our show anymore really (laughs) they don't really have feelings about the shows we do they mostly just talk about i don't know what do you guys talk about i'm sort of a i'm sort of at thirty thousand feet looking down upon the discord so episode three asked a question ignored as usual i thought that was a good transition Episode three, I thought, was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it to be extremely boring and parts of it to be very stupid. <laughs> Just to say, guys, I really like Westworld. It's even Season one is amazing. Even season two, there's a lot that I like about it. Uh, I just don't like these last two seasons, unfortunately. And so if it sounds like I'm down on the show, I'm really not. I still enjoy the process of watching it, except the times that I fall asleep. But even then, I do enjoy having a good nap, so. Right. Yeah. Thanks to Westworld for <laughs> the catnap that you got. Yeah, no, I... This season feels to me like I'm going to get to the end of it and be like, well, that golf scene was good. And... and <laughs> or, hey, it's a Ketchita. He's back. Oh, his scene was awful. Yeah, it was bad. He's not a very good actor. He was there. And my opinion, at least for that one scene, yeah, I forgot about that scene. It was so bad. Yeah, Bernie is back. Stubbs has been watching him for an amount of years that we now know, which is 23. So Luke Hemsworth just chilling there for a long time. Well, we have to discuss. So at the end of season three, Bernard goes into the sublime, which is the robot matrix heaven where all the robots went to at the end of season two. There he sees uh, the end of the world. And he meets Akechita, and Akechita's like, you can't save the world. Come to robot heaven. 
And Bernard says no. And then he does the thing that Doctor Strange does at the end of Infinity War where he looks into a million timelines. Yeah, no. Well, he doesn't look into a million timelines. He runs simulations on every version of the future until he finds one with some sort of future site that he now has that is based on data because he actually ran the simulations. So he goes back to the real world and he's like, I know what path we must take. Yeah, and it's very, uh, it's a lot like the movie Minority Report, where he's like, no, wait for the red balloons. Okay, no, don't talk to him, talk to him, wait, this guy's about to trip, okay, and keep going. Like, he's predicting things that are about to happen, and actually, that's, in episode three, that is all Bernard does, is the, like, the Dunyan probability trance, where he's like, and then, okay, if a butterfly flies by right now, then we can do... Uh, we can get this guy's truck. And when the guy he goes to get his truck, he's like, don't bother drawing your gun. You won't get it in time. And then when he goes to draw it, oh, he doesn't get it in time. Oh, crazy. While Stubbs is just flabbergasted over and over again. At some point, Stubbs has to like go with a group of people. And Bernard's like, go with them for safety. <laughs> and Stubbs is like, oh, what? like for my set. And Bernard's like, nah, <laughs> no, it's there, dude. You're their safety. Good luck. Bye. What this really reminded me of is the brand's character in seasons seven and eight. The of good Game ones. of Thrones. Yeah, the good seasons. When he became the three eyed raven mm-hmm. and he lost all personality or interesting things to say. Which is a bummer, because Jeffrey Wright is a great actor. I was just watching No Time to Die, and he is in uh, that Bond film where he is, he's so good. <laughs> and there are, I, I, I'm not putting it on the actors. I refuse to for this season. No. There's only one actor I will put it on for being bad at their job, and that is Aaron Paul's for Caleb, because... I know his lines are stupid, but all of their lines are stupid, but none of them are particularly as bad as what he's doing on a constant basis. So that's what's going on with them. They like Stubbs is like trying to do the buddy comedy shtick from season three, but Bernard is just uh, he, he's he's the three eyed raven now. He's three eyed Bran. And through that, he offers, quote, the resistance, unquote, his and Stubbs help where he gets picked up. By a woman who is driving a very cool future vehicle. Right. And he saves her from two would-be host hijackers to the... What song was playing? Blondie? Yeah, Call Me by Blondie. He has a fight scene to that song, and it was really dog shit. (laughs) It was really bad, everybody. You you do talk to the audience of this podcast now a lot. Like, you know, the large percentage of them listening to this did not watch the episode. <laughs> and we're just lamenting over the fact that we had to watch it and are now explaining it to them. Also, just from a thematic perspective, how is Bernard now any different from like Rehoboam? Like, he just he's... Now he's controlling the future by guessing what's going to happen. Yeah, he's the less powerful version of Rehoboam. He's the floppy disk version of Rehoboam. And we should also say, when he first comes out of the Sublime, Stubbs like, it's been a couple years. And then we don't really get to see that much of the world they're in, but it seems to be like they're doing like Terminator Salvation 
or Mad Max kind of in their timeline. Yeah, we don't know if it's what percentage of the world looks like where they are, but it's some dust bowl bullshit. The other plot line in episode three is Maeve and Caleb are in uh, the Golden Age, which is what they call Noir World. And it's really cool. Like every it's it's like an EA game where they just put a new skin over the game they sold last year. Right. So it's just Westworld or Shogun World. But this time it's the 20s. Right. There's shoulder check guy. Dolores right. is dropping shit. There's a Mave version. And uh, our version of Mave is like, I did it better. Bro. And it was really cool. And because, because Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy, they hate the parks. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to spend any time in the parks at all. They hate the parks and they hate us. Like, we need to get out of here as soon as possible. And they hate themselves. Right. The exact thing we were asking for forever, especially all of season three and the beginning of season four, was go back to the parks. That's where we felt safe. That was the blanket that this show uh, put That's over us. That's the interesting part. And then they were there for like five seconds and right. they're like, we got to get the fuck out of could here. Could we have not, looking at all the buildup at the end of episode two, could we not have just had one episode in the noir world? Like, we couldn't have half an episode before Maeve and Caleb were ruining everything actively and then driving away or like going beneath the park and doing some weird beneath the park shit. But that was my favorite part of both of these two episodes was the time they spent in noir world going over the shit that they already knew going through the saloon heist that we had already seen both in Greywater and in the Shogun world. But the one thing that was throwing me off during this entire sequence was that like something would happen, which we would recognize from season one. And then Maeve would kind of like wink at Caleb. And I was like, Maeve, Maeve Caleb wasn't here for any of this. Right. <laughs> he never the, went to. This Westworld. is the first time that he's having this happen to him. You know, let him live like, uh, like us. Let us, let us relive without her being like, well, you remember this. No, it's, it's just, he's like, wow. Did you catch that reference, Caleb? And Caleb's like, no, I never went to Westworld. I went to the park on a military training exercise. And right. And also, I never watched an Easter egg YouTube video about the show. Right. So, yeah, they follow the technicians into the labs beneath the park. It's extremely season one and two. Maeve, like, kickstarts the plot line where they kill all the humans so that it's, like, happening immediately. And it really makes you wonder, like, gee, it seemed like a lot of stuff had to happen in season one to get the hosts to that point. And I was wondering, like, are they all under Maeve's control? Or to achieve this, did she make them sentient the way that Ford did? But it took Ford an eternity, and she just kind of did it that night. You mentioned that the underground was a lot like season one, too. It is. Except for the fact that it's missing the best part of season one, too which is Anthony Hopkins. And then they go down there and they see the flies again, which grosses me out. I don't like that one. Yeah. bit. And there's some sort of diamond shaped robot that Maeve spends five minutes trying to break into, but just can't pull it off. And then Ed Harris is there because he's everywhere all the time and they get in a fight. And then Tessa Thompson and Caleb have some kind of conversation after Caleb finds a version of his daughter Who's okay? That part I I don't know if I'll say I like, but it was cool when he thought it was his daughter Frankie, and then her face fucking opened up. Yeah, and to facilitate that twist, 
there's a red herring scene where some bad guys show up at Caleb's house where his daughter and and wife are, and you think they're gonna get kidnapped, but then they engineer their own escape. But I and I, I and it's just like, are we ever gonna get answers on who Caleb's whole crew is? Because no. he's got this crew of gang members or bodyguards or something. But Did you, you watched episode four. The answer to that, it's fucking no. We no. don't get an answer to that, and, and then there's a time jump. Okay, and that's basically where uh, episode three ends. There's no Christina in episode three, or is there like a second of it? Oh, yeah, she sees her roommate for one scene. Or did that happen in episode four? We got a tiny bit of Christina and her roommate. And I don't even remember what was discussed. Christina was just like, I'm not feeling well. And her roommate's like, well, you should uh, brush that off and get back to normal. Right. I think we just keep going with the Christina story. Uh, Before we go out of the Caleb and Maeve storyline, Caleb gets infected by the flies and Tessa Thompson mocks him while he's convulsing. Christine... Her storyline in these two episodes is Maya gets her back out there again. Basically the same NPC version of the conversation they had from the first episode. But this time she's dating not a crypto bro, but Teddy Flood, who picks up something on the ground and hands it to her and shit. I might have slept through that part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have a whole date. You didn't see the date? No, I got to rewatch episode four, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, they have a date and they know each other. They they keep saying things like, "Did I know you right. from another life?" You, you do really like cans of milk. Love cans of milk. Also, I love the like. He says that her job is interesting. She's like, "How do you know about my job?" And he, he's like, "I've read your file." I mean, Maya told me. <laughs> no cold open, which was interesting for episode four because it gives you the sense like, "Oh, this is going to be a long one. This is going to be an, an oh shit episode." Which is definitely what they were going for with this one. Though I don't know how well they succeeded. No, sure. We go to the lighthouse. We So, you know how in Game of Thrones, the Tower of Joy, was it? It's like a what, big mystery. A huge right. mystery for all of it. Yeah. And teased every once in a while. And then when you got there, the feeling of finally understanding what happened there felt monumental because they were dragging it out for so long and you were wondering for and there were online theories and nope we're at the lighthouse now it turns out that Rehoboam had backups this is the last one Maeve and Caleb are there by themselves get more help maybe yeah like a third person even anybody Uh, maybe (laughs) just get like four more people for your six people who get shot at and easily killed and they they blow it up and it falls down but then Caleb gets shot. Yeah. And the resolution of that, which they've been teasing since season four, episode one, is just that he got better. Mm-hmm. She took him to the hospital. And not only did he get better, better off than before, because he meets his wife. She's the nurse. It's Florence Nightingale syndrome, like in Back to the Future. And then Maeve Irish goodbyes and pieces out, letting Caleb go on with his life. For a number of years, until she was just too sad in her forest cabin and reached out to him through the network. Not Couldn't call him or something. No. Couldn't send a snail mail. Or even just go see him. She got there pretty quick. Yeah, she had to go through the entirety of the network, which then again gave away the fact where she was, where he was. Right. So Maeve is fucking up this season. 
My, uh, he, yeah, she, all the time. she blew her cover, and now Charlotte Hale will keep sending six very disposable dudes at her for the rest of her life. She'll always have to be looking over her shoulder for six goons that she'll easily dispatch uh, without any real threat to her. There are two options on the flow chart for Maeve. Mm-hmm. The first option is six goons she can kill very easily while saying quippy things. Right. The second option is fighting the man in black feebly while saying quippy things. But she also deactivates his Neuralink implant. Yes. So yeah. he can be free. A thing I forgot he had. Yes. A thing I forgot they all have. I also hadn't thought about that since episode or since season three. Why would you? So that we get some monologuing from evil Charlotte Hale Dolores. She made the bugs, which send out mind control virus to everyone. And Caleb got it when his daughter puked flies on him. And so now, even though she's tied up and he's got a gun, she's able to use the voice like in Dune and mm-hmm. just like pick up the gun. Shoot it, Maeve. But. But, though, at, dude. At the last second. <laughs> What? He doesn't shoot at me. He shoots at the man in black. Mm. And Charlotte Hale is like, how can you escape my mind control? And he doesn't give a reason. But that's because we mega fans understand that he cannot be mind controlled because he is an outlier. He's so unique and special. (laughs) You can't predict what he will do with a supercomputer, nor can you control him with a mind control fly virus. While you were saying that, the light above us flickered. It's Maeve. Like the universe was mad at you for for <laughs> dissing the network. I made a remark. It's like, yeah, he's he's an outlier, you guys. The Myers Briggs test <laughs> is useless on him. <laughs> he's such an edge lord that he cannot be tamed, told what to do. So then the very stupid thing happens. This is the stupid thing. Well, it's also, also, Ryan and I are explaining this very quickly, but it took forever. A long time, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah a long time. There was no cold open again, by the way. They had to make all the time for this. <laughs> right. Maeve gets the better of the man in black. Mm. And then, she, I don't know, he just shoots her anyway. So then, even though he's been blown to hell, and she's only been hit once, like, they're both on the brink of death. And so... Maeve activates her secret special plan. After getting stabbed. Yeah. And then, you know, pulling him in closer to her and being like, it's fucking over, baby. She hacks the demolition systems and then kamikazes herself. She's holding on to the man in black and they blow each other up. And I thought, well, that's a pretty worthless sacrifice. Maeve is gone now. The show's terrible. You know, that's just one of probably a dozen men in black. But I, I was proven wrong at the end of the episode. Anyway, those concerns were unwarranted. In in this show, death means nothing. Nothing. Yeah. How is it supposed to be interesting? Like Clementine, her her body and her brain orb were completely vaporized in season two, mm-hmm. and they just now nah, she's now there's a backup. Also, where <laughs> has she been for the last two episodes? She's gone again. Just like they made such a big production at the end of season three. Where Dolores is like, Caleb, I'm dying, and this time it's real dying, and I definitely won't come back. <laughs> she just came back. Yeah. It's fine. In a uh, future version of... Let's talk about that real quick. Well, okay, so well, we need to talk about 
Caleb's thing now. Okay. So now that the story has kind of finished, uh, he's thinking that Medivac is coming to help him, but he finds out, da na he's been double-crossed. Oh, shit. Hale's men. Oh, man. And then the scenario where they bust in and shoot him, it keeps happening over and over again. Yeah, where he really dies. And then we find out it's the fidelity test. Oh, shit. That John Delos was doing in season two. That... The Man in Black was doing in the post-credit scene of season whatever the fuck. And so this is all a simulation. Of course. The real Caleb is dead. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Matrix Caleb has died over 200 times trying to get it right. But as we previously mentioned, death means nothing. And he's still here. Still as grimy as ever. Still hasn't taken a shower. Then we go back to Bernard. In, in Terminator Salvation, he's hanging out with the main characters of of Mad Max. Furiosa. <laughs> and he tells them, by the way, I know where a secret weapon which we can use against the evil bad guys. Again, it's not clear. Yeah, because it worked so well the first time. And they go to that demolition site. And there's a transition where Caleb's like, I'm doing this for my daughter. My daughter. My, my daughter. daughter. And Thank then it cuts to... Uh, a, a girl that Bernard is hanging out with. Right. It, Tower of Joy, King of the Norths, who, a, a woman being called C. I'm sure she took her father's name or something. Right. It was short for Caleb. But it's Frankie. She's grown up. She has come to find her father's dead body. But turns out that is not the body they are there to find. No, they're here for Maeve. Whoa. Yeah, she blew up and then lay there for for 30 years, but she's fine. How is she the best weapon? And then Caleb, I guess he's not in a simulation currently. He's in a host body. And he runs out onto the streets and he's trying to tell everyone that Soylent Green is people. But they all freeze. <laughs> and then uh, Charlotte Hale is like, ha ha, this is my world now. And he gets black bagged and carted away. And then we zoom out on the landscape. And it appears that like all of New York State has been flattened into to futuristic dystopia and then only manhattan is there and then instead of the statue of liberty it's the evil tower and it's donging dong dong the whole time yeah it's one big dong watch alert <laughs> yeah uh, it is where the statue of liberty is it's the tower that christine has been drawing and somehow Christine is Dolorising, becoming sentient watch like who used a dolores esque like, not a Dolores brain ball, which Hale has a shit ton of. She is one of said brain balls, but she's different now. Yeah. But, like, what amount of computer DNA is in Christine where, say, 23 years later in World World that is just Manhattan and she is, like, a fly lady? What is she? Is she a full robot? Is she a lady who yeah. just looks like Dolores? It's honestly for the same reason that she's keeping the man in black alive in Kryptonite. Charlotte Hale Dolores is just so nostalgic yeah. for season one. Alone. She wants to bring back the real Dolores. She wants to bring back Teddy Flood so that she can, I don't know, watch them enjoy life. Yeah, all of her robot friends. She misses them. <laughs> no one will get this reference, but she's got like the same motivation as... Madara from the end of Naruto. She just wants to build a utopia that all the characters can live in and be happy where she gets to be God. You're right. I didn't get that reference. Naruto is very long. And not so good. 
And then, uh, wow. Wow. You, that's, I don't know if that's a, a hot take or not. I should give some credit to the showrunners that I did not see this particular twist coming. So we are now just going to the end of the world, which yeah. has been teased for a There's while. There's a timeline thing. Yeah. To be, okay. So this is what we said, right? At the beginning of this season, after it, season three, which was dog shit, we said to ourselves on this show, the things that we want are one, a mystery, like in season one. Two, to be back in the parks, like season one. And some timeliney bullshit that is ipso facto a mystery, or at least part of the mystery, like season one. We then got all of those things. A speed run, and speed challenge. Somehow, right, yeah. <laughs> somehow, some way, they figured a way out to do those three things and fuck it. It's nice, though, that they at least tried to give some closure yeah. to, A, the simulation plot line, which keeps coming up in season three. Remember Ciroc? Yeah, that was so long ago. <laughs> so long ago. Yeah, but yeah, no, simulations are happening. It's my world, world, Tessa Thompson's, right. crispy chicken, Charlotte Hale. Uh, is she burned she anymore? She doesn't have the burned arm anymore. What I the fuck think. is that? This is... That uh, she just didn't want to do the make like you're done. She no. got over it after 30 years. She's she made a new body. Probably I forgot that family already. I have so much going on. Right. It was 23 years later. So now we're all on the same timeline where Frankie and Bernard have dug up Maeve. Thank God. And Caleb is a robot, and he's being, you know, fidelity tested. He's being tortured for funsies. Basically, I assume Caleb and Christine will at some point meet up and be like, "Do I know you?" Right. And then the real William is going to get out of the thing and be like, I guess I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Look who's back in the game. Back in black. And then he'll be like, I'm on your guys's side. And then the people's side he's on, which is assumably in this instance, Caleb and Christine, they'll be like, we're robots. And he's like, fuck, God, is he the last human alive? Could be. Without flies in his fucking Without body? Without flies, yeah. Oh, good. So I'm glad that this episode at least like swung for the fences. Yeah, big dick swing. But other than that, I did not much enjoy. No, because it was bad. Three or four. No, they were bad. Three was definitely the worst of the two. It's not a very good show. (laughs) And I don't know. I'm so sad that like we're already done with the park and we're back to future robot opera. They built that whole set. Right. How are we not? There are four more episodes, by the way. We are halfway through the season. Yeah, it's just going to go back to season three style stuff. I mean, clearly that's what they're more interested in. What is their message? What's their point? Because, oh, what do you look? Uh, I see you're typing. Are you looking up like erotic fan fiction for Westworld right no, now? I'm hope, seeing God, if there's, I hope so. uh, there's a list of Easter eggs in in, in these episodes. In the, the Great Era or whatever it's called. The Golden Age. The Golden Age. I was so close. <laughs> the Great Era. <laughs> yeah, the Great Era. So solid. <laughs> the Great Era. Like, you know, what... Uh, I'm interested in in what's about to happen. What Stubbs gonna do with those annoying resistance, very unique outliers? What is uh, Bernie Mac and uh, Maeve and and young Frankie? What are they? Are, how are they gonna? What's gonna? What the fuck is the end of this show gonna be? What's the last scene of this show gonna be in season five if they ever get it? Which, by the way, this is. Uh, this season is being watched by 350,000 people. Yeah, nobody. And in the target demographic, like 20, uh, not enough, not nearly enough. So 
Are, are they actually even going to let Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy make the fifth season is a question. Right. And mm-hmm. honestly, how can the rest of the season go? It's, and then they d- blew up the tower and now humans are free. And Maeve is like, we did it again, Caleb. Good work. Right. <laughs> and then they, we got to do it again next season. Is the end of this show where uh, are they just going to do a cyclical bullshit thing where Jonah Nolan's like, yeah, all this stuff happened. Decades passed, but nothing changed. It's funny that Hale has flipped the script and it's like, now humans are mind controlled. <laughs> Robots go into the the fake human society and fuck shit up. They're like, look at me. I'm a human. I have to go to work and pay bills. Oh, yeah. Do you think those dudes, the four dudes at the beginning, were robots in in human world? Having fun in world war. They're like, oh, let's go pay our taxes. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to be an actuarial scientist. I've been going to a human world college for seven years now. I'm a postgraduate. Human world's the best, man. I play a white hat. I go down to the store and I can't find the thing that I want. And I ask the clerk if they have it in back. It's the best. I feel like a black hat when I'm in the human world. I skim money off the top. I work at a grocery store and I just take one or two dollars a night. I am out of fucking control. I never come to a complete stop. Rolling stop every time at a stop sign, baby. Yeah. I kill endangered animals for fun. So, yeah, very much looking forward to episode five. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Are we going to be in person again next week or are you gone? I'll probably be gone. Fuck. Yeah, don't tell Adam I'm in Ryan's house. <laughs> yeah, right now. he's. We're both in the same place. Yeah, but we will Yeah, we'll record an episode next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, let's, let's, uh, to play us out is Call Me by Blondie. Yeah, Ryan's going to edit in that call me call me anytime we got the rights to this song i paid fifty thousand dollars to play this song call me